you're listening to the Ryback Show. Be me. Welcome to the Ryback Show live here on YouTube at Ryback TV at Twitch at Ryback Rules. Thank you guys very much for joining me this morning or afternoon, depending on where you're at. Uh, first things first, paying the bills. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition, available on feedmemore.com. Premium supplements, sweetened with stevia and monk fruit, no artificial colors, no artificial sweeteners, vegan-friendly formulas and capsules, guys. Check out, we have our Halloween $4,000 cash giveaway. That's right, guys. Feed Me More Nutrition, the big guy Ryback is giving one of you $4,000 on Halloween for simply trying the best supplements on the planet. All you got to do is go to feedmemore.com. Use the discount code HALLOWEEN4000 at the end of the checkout process. You get 20% off your order. You get an option for a free premium shaker bottle and workout towel, guys. And with each purchase, an automatic entry into the contest. It is completely random. The more purchases purchases you make, the greater your chances are of winning. So check that out. Feed Me More Nutrition on feedmemore.com. Fuel Meals, personal meal prep service of myself. You could save 15% with discount code, the big guy, fuelmeals.com. Meal prep at your doorstep, guys. Chicken, steak, all sorts of different fish entrees quesadillas, turkey burgers, burgers, sweet potato fries, brown rice, white rice, anything that your little heart desires, Fuel Meals has. So check them out, fuelmeals.com. Personal videos from yours truly. No matter what the occasion, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. WWE and Vince McMahon does not get a cut of the big guy's profits. Teespring, the official store for Feed Me More Nutrition. Feed Me More, the big guy Ryback. Teespring.com, the Feed Me More store. Go on over there. We got we got shirts, men, women, children. We got posters going up. We got Feed Me More Nutrition coffee mugs, Feed Me More Nutrition face mask, which I may must say are the most comfortable face mask I've ever worn out of all the face masks. Not just saying it because it has my logo on it. The Teespring folks did a really good job on the mask over there. So check that out as well. My book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available on Amazon and paperback audible in Kindle formats. Friends of the show, Zevia, Stevia sweetened calorie-free soda, no artificial colors or sweeteners, guys. If you got a soda habit, you're drinking too much sugar, you're a little tubby Tommy, and you need to cut down on the sugar, the artificial sweeteners, check out Zevia, guys. Been a big fan of theirs for years and had a working relationship with them at, at multiple points and uh, can't say enough good things about them. The Farmer's Dog, real food for your pets. I switched Sophie and little guy to this stuff, guys, in the beginning of the year. Uh, the best investment I, I have made. Yes, it's more expensive than regular dog food, but it's also superior to regular dog food. The Farmer's Dog, you guys can follow them as well on social media, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Zevia. True Panion, the pet insurance, the official pet insurance for Sophie and little guy. True Panion, guys, um, has come through huge for me with Sophie. Uh, with all her, her ruptured disc in her back and now neck. And uh, if you have a pet, regardless of whether you look at Trupania or not, look at getting pet insurance. 
guys, but all I can tell you is from my experience with True Panion, they have they have had Sophie's back literally and figuratively uh, from the beginning. So thank you to True Panion. Follow me at social media, guys. At Ryback Unverified on Twitter, because I changed the name from Ryback Twenty Two to Ryback. But we are we are hoping hoping in the new year of twenty twenty one, the big guy can be verified once again on Twitter. The big guy Ryback Twenty Two on Instagram and TikTok. I am the Ryback Show. Feed me more nutrition and Ryback TV on Instagram for some funny, informative, great entertainment over on those accounts and Snapchat Ryback two four seven. All right, guys, with that, good morning, good afternoon. I hope everyone's having a great day. I'm uh, an update all of you with Sophie. Uh, they just called me. They, they called me yesterday. The next surgery was successful. It went as great as it could have gone. There were no complications with her breathing or ruptured blood vessels as they had to operate. As you know, with many neck injuries in humans, how they have to go through the, the, the front of the, of the neck, the throat. Same thing, you know, unfortunately, with, with, the, with the little baby, Sophie. And, uh, but she, she's a little trooper. She handled it as she always does. And uh, there was a lot of disc material that was compressing on her spinal cord. And which explained, which we knew that from the MRI, but sometimes the medicine, the pain stuff can suppress that a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't work. So they were able to go in there and clean that all out successfully, uh, including uh, a couple really, really big chunks that were really, really, really hurting her. And uh, they said she's doing great today. She's clearly not in the pain that she was. And uh, they're going to take her off her IV pen me pain medications. They're going to be here in the afternoon to hopefully bring her home later today. So great news on that. We're going to have a, a lot of another road to recovery for Sophie, but it will make me feel much better knowing she's not in pain. Uh, as I could see on this time when we had her home for the week and uh, we had to go day by day uh, until yesterday when it was clearly that, that she was having severe complications once again. And, uh, but you can tell I could, it's hard seeing your own dog in pain. You're just trying to do what's best for them. And then, but you're trying to avoid a, a surgery that could potentially have serious, um, you know, complications in that breed. So, uh, it was, it was definitely a frustrating uh, situation, but here we are. She's going to hopefully come home today after rupture number eight and, uh, get the little baby back. Uh, I see a lot of comments. I have several things uh, I do have down to talk about today with you guys. This show is it's going to be definitely being more interactive with you guys and answering questions uh, and talking about life as things come up. And I'll always have a, a couple things or a few things that I want to address on my own here on the Ryback Show Live as we uh, continue to grow and evolve uh, the show. I'm looking, I actually got my toolbar fixed on my MacBook. I was able to go in and update that yesterday. And I also have a new, just for you guys listening for the audio, uh, unfortunately, my podcast studio mics that are set up through the hard cam and the audio recorder don't link up to my laptop. Uh, so what I, the sound is still fine, but I would prefer it to be better. I actually have a new mic coming in today. Um, so for tomorrow's show, the audio and for the audio on the podcast, should be significantly improved moving forward. And then when I have guests on the show that I have to record live, 
Obviously, we will not be using this format. I will go back to the old format on that. We have a super chat here we're going to get to uh, from uh, Byron uh, Beyond TV. Sophie be like, I won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> she is uh, truly a miracle. Well, she's a walking, talking miracle. And uh, I'm going to pop that up there for you, bud, just so everyone can see it. I'm able to scroll and do a little better job on the questions here today. <clears throat> I get a lot of inspiration from Sophie because, you know, I've gone through all my back injuries, which is I've actually, I understand. And so it's been one of those things. We've gone through more injuries together. And I got her my last year in WWE with my, at the time, my ex-girlfriend. Or by the time, my girlfriend at this time, my ex-girlfriend. And and, uh, and uh, she's just such a, just a, she was the cutest little as I'm sure we all say about our dogs, right? But just such a loving, sweet animal. And it wasn't until around the two-year mark that all of a sudden I got little guy and uh, her back just went bad. And it was rupture after rupture. Uh, I've said it time and time again. I had to stop all wrestling appearances. Um, I was able to kind of do a few early on. And then, because I thought it was going to be a one-time thing, I didn't realize that, that she had severe disc disease. Uh, and then it was, when they told me that, well, they, they told me that early on, but you don't know that their discs are just going to keep rupturing. But what's happening is her, it's essentially, it's almost like she's just aging rapidly, but just has a bad spine where the disc are dehydrating. So the harder outer part of the disc um, is, is dehydrated and it, that disc material in the middle, it, which that is then weaker, ruptures out with movement. You know, like her neck, she just went, unfortunately, had a sneezing fit, and that was too much. So that scares me because this is all – she had a sneezing fit, and her neck broke. Now, does she sneeze? She That's only the second time I've ever seen her do that. I don't know what caused it. But you got to it, – it's pretty stressful because, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to leave because I've been here, luckily, with all of this. You know, and the last time my mother was watching her, I had to rush home and grab her she's shaking uncontrollably you know have a blanket in the back seat try to get her to lie down to get comfortable she's terrified she just has this look of terror on her face and i have to drive all the way across town and then deal with getting her into the medical center and which is a whole other issue on its own you know you want to do is just get get the best treatment for your dog but it's uh it's stressful because i i've stopped all appearances because the last thing i wanted to do was one, it was, it couldn't, there was nowhere to take her, like, you know, and now the situation's a little different with COVID going on and it happened. The mother is, is home a lot more uh, in her part of the house. Uh, so it gives me a little bit of a leeway on things, but the before when she was working and I can't just take Sophie to the vet with her back. Like it, it's really, because what happens is with other dogs, she gets really fidgety. And, and it's happened already taking her for a walk where she actually broke her back on a walk by getting worked up from just another person having their dog out. So you can understand that like, it's a really very controlled situation. So, and, and, and it's very limited on what you can do with that. So I just stopped everything. And I, luckily I have Feed Me More Nutrition and all my other business stuff I do here with the podcast and social media and Ryback TV, but I had to learn to get a lot better at this stuff really quickly because I lost, I mean, life was good with the wrestling and appearances. I, I was getting, you know, 
very fortunate and blessed to, to be able to get the rate that I get on a lot of things. And, uh, you know, you cut that out and it's now, did I have to cut that? No, I could have put my dog to sleep, but I think that wasn't the, the right thing to do. And it's so, and I've talked about it. That's why I get a little upset when at times when I see people be like, nobody even wants to book him. He sucks. And one, they're clueless onto the entire situation of my health to begin with. And then two, they're clueless on the entire situation of, of Sophie and what I feel I'm doing the right thing, uh, which is also benefiting me and allowing my body to heal to where I'm at the point now, things are about to get really good again. So the, it can be a little frustrating at times when I see that, but it's, again, it's just people that are not educated on, on the matter. Let's see here. We're taking a look at what was one of your worst injuries in WWE Lego Duplo uh, ask one of the worst injuries, the, the worst injury. And I had several um, was the ankle injury in Nexus in Hawaii. And it was one of those deals. I, up to that point, I'd only had had one shoulder surgery from which I'd hurt my first year in, in developmental at deep South wrestling. And the way that the, the business was then in developmental um, and build a mot is, is, was, was a tough, tough one. Uh, but there wasn't no medical, there wasn't a trainer, there was nothing. And, um, and that's the way wrestling's always been behind the times and this, but this wasn't all that long ago. You know, you know, this is in 2005. So, I mean, a long time ago from here when you say 15 years, but at the time, I mean, we were pretty evolved in, in sports teams that, you know what I mean? The things were good in, in life in general. And uh, I, Bill would, it was, it was really tough on me. And um, I'd hurt my shoulder on something in practice and in training. And anyone that was at Deep South Wrestling knows, and I don't have to elaborate too much on this. I hurt my shoulder though. And usually I wouldn't ever say anything, but I, I guess I showed that I was in pain. And then I got called into the middle of the ring and told to clothesline the class over and over and over again. And while the class was lined up around the ring and people had to keep feeding into the ring and I had to keep clotheslining them over and over. Now, remind you, I had just hurt my shoulder. This is what proceeded. What proceeded, and you know, when you clothesline people, you try to use your chest as much as possible. But when you have a shoulder injury, you're still pushing your arm forward. And I've always been, been always felt I've had a solid clothesline, uh, which has been one of my signature moves with the meat hook clothesline. And uh, it tore my shoulder and it did a lot of damage. And I didn't say anything and I just continued training and I never got the shoulder checked for, for probably three years until I got rehired by WWE. And at that point I went to OVW, then got fired and then got rehired and then went down to Florida Championship Wrestling and it was so bad. And it had like scarred over, which is why I have so much scar tissue in a lot of different areas now that we've broken up. And the shoulder, uh, I needed to get a shoulder surgery at FCW. Me and Wade Barrett, that's how we kind of became good friends. We both kind of got injured at the same time. And uh, he had a lat tear and, uh, and I, I had my shoulder. So we were rehabbing and, and around each other a lot which is where we formed our bond, I believe, in, in developmental um, that kids carried on to this day. Uh, so that was the my real first injury of having a surgery. And then shortly thereafter, uh, with the Nexus and going to Hawaii, I 
got a new pair of boots made by Stagecoach at the time. And I was super pumped. They were the most expensive boots I'd, I'd bought up, up to this point in my wrestling career. And I, uh, unfortunately, though, they were they were too narrow. They, they weren't as wide as they needed to be for my fat feet. And uh, we were doing a tag match, me and David Otunga versus the Hart Dynasty, Titus, 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 Tyson Kidd uh, and Harry Smith, which at the point, I believe we were kind of in, uh, and, you know, things, plans changed. Me and David, the, the, the game plan was that we were going to be fighting for the tag titles against them at the next pay-per-view presumably winning with the way Nexus was supposed to go uh, early on with us. And which again, that all could have changed. There, there was plenty of time for that to change before that. But uh, I took a drop kick on the hot tag. We were, we were the, the, the bad guys, the heels for the match. And me and Tyson kid had this comeback. It was maybe a minute long comeback, maybe, maybe longer. And, uh, in which I was supposed to come running in and get drop kicked twice, but not go down on the drop kicks kind of do the, not the big guy stagger where the over, but just not go down. Well, when I went running in and Tyson drop kicked me and I planted my left foot, it like rolled over as he kicked me and it was nothing. He didn't do anything. It was, it was on my end. Broke my ankle in three places instantly, like crack, crack, crack foot, just dangling. I fall down weird in this weird way. I pop right back up. We do the entire comeback. I'm hobbling around with my leg like dangling. It it is it spiral broke all the way up to my knee. Um, Tyson finally on a near fall. He goes, "Are you okay?" And I go, "No." And we just keep going. We literally did the entire comeback without missing one spot. Got the near falls in. Tyson, the finish was a springboard off the top rope. I meat hook him off the the springboard, cover one, two, three. I lay there, and uh, the rest is kind of a blur. I remember getting brought to the back. I think they had to cut my boot off or get my boot off. I can't remember. No, they, they got my boot off, I think, normal. They had to cut my knee pads or something. I had the tight knee pads on. They couldn't even pull off. I remember Chris Jericho like coming in and looking really like like man, just horrible timing. I could just, I just I, I remember that one thing with Chris for what I don't. A lot of people were coming in and be like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And I just remember Chris was like, because he saw what we had and he told us the opportunity that we had, how it was a one lifetime thing. And I just remember just thinking like, "Well, this is it. This is this is the worst injury that you could have." My leg was broken all the way up to my my knee my foot just dangling and by finishing the match and running on it, that the fracture just kept spiral going all the way up my leg. Um, that was bad. I remember I had to go to the hospital. They had to drug me up. They had to break everything. They had to re put my ankle back into place. Um, cast everything up, send me on a, on a flight from, we were supposed to go from, we were in Hawaii, by the way, in Hawaii supposed to go from Hawaii to Japan the next day. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't even, I probably shouldn't, I, I wasn't, health-wise, should never have probably been allowed to get on a plane. I'm very lucky. I, I'm extremely lucky I didn't lose my leg or die. They flew me, and I couldn't even get a direct. I had to fly to Dallas, have wheelchair assistance, 
sit at the airport for hours because there was this was it was just there was nothing I guess quick. Get to Tampa, had a car pick me up, bring me home. I am living by myself in Tampa. I did all of this on my own, and I didn't want any help. I was so pissed and angry at a lot of things that the timing of all of it, and uh, my ankle swelled up, my foot swelled up. I got blisters everywhere from the swelling. Um, it was. I thought there was there was real risk of losing my from the knee down. When I had that, I, um, and this, this is what caused the, the, the ruined relationship with me in WWE forever, which a lot of people just have not, they don't get, and it's fine. I, I went through it. So I understand it fully. Um, a lot of mistakes were made with that. The, the medical was nowhere near what it is now. If it was, it would never would have happened. But at the same time, I'm grateful for the way everything worked out because it made me who I am today, even though I still have um, my big toe doesn't work completely and uh, which we're working on going and getting that fixed at bio accelerator with the nerve rejuvenation that they're able to inject in the nerves down there, which has a great, great success rate. Um, that was my worst, most traumatic injury ever though, to answer your question. And it forever is what I believe why we saw the stuff with Ryback play out the way that it did on TV, which was never, it was all from a bunch of backstage stuff that happened with my ankle injury. And then had me, them like firing me while I was hurt, me having to get attorneys, keeping my job and then telling them I'm moving home. Like, this is all real stuff. Like really, you know, and, and, you know, and imagine Hunter. And again, these guys, you know, I put myself in their shoes and how I would react to something. But I'm also at a level where if I mess up, I know I mess up and I'll make it right, which he didn't. And that's fine. He handles stuff differently than I process stuff differently. But he, I had to talk to him in a way like I talk when I get angry. And, uh, you know, did he directly do anything to me? No, but he was the one, in, he was overseeing a lot of it. And he took over actually in the middle of all this, this shit show. So, but there was a community, there was instant trust issues then and some stuff he had said to me um, early on. He came in and just to give you guys, you know, I grew up loving Hunter and being really inspired by him and his working out. And I didn't know he was doing steroids at the time. I was young and I just thought, oh man, he's training hard. And he, which he was training hard, no doubt. And everyone was, and I say everyone, the majority of those guys were doing it then. But at, at the time I was just kind of a clueless young person finding myself and I worked out like crazy, but it was really inspirational, the working out. And I'd go to the gym for hours, hours on end. I was a fan of his wrestling-wise, the whole deal. And he came up to me. And when you get in the business, so that, that stuff goes out the window. It, it should because it's business. And you grow up quick. But this forced me to really grow up even quicker where he came up to me. Uh, and I was in there doing my rehab. And it had been a lot. I did have to drive like three hours to shows to go to rehab because the trainer at the time didn't want to come to the building to do his job. Like it was, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. I didn't, I just, I'll, I'll do whatever I know I have to do to keep, I'm driving my foot out the window guys, three hours to an to a, a developmental show that I'm not even supposed to be going to. This is the, this is why I was, I had the anger that I had of how they reacted to things. Cause I was doing everything in my power to try to get better. And I, I wasn't being reciprocated on their end. And Hunter came up to me one day and he goes, well, eventually we're going to have to cut the plug. And forever right there, that fucked everything up with me and Hunter. 
right then and there. I'll never, I, I can't forgive him for that, for ever saying that. And it will, it will forever have a fire inside of me because it makes me angry because of the, the kid in me who looked up to this guy and then you're doing everything you can and he tells you that. So my tone changed with him completely and forever. For there's no, he can say sorry all day long. Cool. Sorry, let's move on. But you don't forget. And with Vince and everything, there was no trust anymore. And then they fired, they, they did try to fire me and I had to go get the attorneys. And it was, it was a really, really bad deal. And, you know, I had my malpractice lawsuit against the doctor that, that he botched the surgery. They sent me to a doctor. They got sued 10 times in five years. Long story short. That's what I, he, he, I woke up from the surgery. They had all this nerve damage. I was getting electrocuted. They just put me on pain meds. They kept me there. They kept putting pain medicine and injecting me with morphine for days. Um, and then finally they sent me home. Uh, it took three surgeries to finally have the metal taken out, which I told everyone I wanted all the metal taken out. The guy had put two screws through my superficial and perineal nerve and my leg, which caused all the damage I have now. So anyways, we had a lawsuit against me. I had a lawsuit against the doctor, which was an open and shut case. We had the doctor that fixed my leg, who unfortunately is now dead, who got killed in a car accident. But at the time, he was alive, who was willing to testify on what he did, on how he corrected the problems as far as taking it out. WWE, when I got put in the main event, uh, called me, Jane Geddes, which I had the phone call recorded. I've had it recorded the entire time. I knew I, things had already been bad enough, and I knew when I talked to them on the phone, I had to be prepared at all times which is why I've gotten away with a lot of the things I have is I have a lot of stuff on them that I keep in my pocket for when I absolutely need it. And Jane told me off the record, she goes, Ryan, uh, because that was my legal name at the time. She goes, um, she threatened my job. She said that I, if I wanted to stay with WWE and wanted to stay in good standing, if I wanted to keep my main event run that had just started going. And if I wanted to be working with the company, I had to drop the lawsuit, multi-million dollar lawsuit. Now, remind you guys at the time, and I've made no money at this point in WWE. Like it was just getting ready to. And I, so I'm sitting there and I, I go, I knew I'm playing with the devil, but I, I took a chance thinking, well, we have some serious momentum going on right now. I'm going to make some money. The, the payoff should be if I just trust them and do what they ask me to do, this will kind of put an end to all the strain we had on our relationship before because I'm, I'm letting go of all this money that has nothing to do with them. It's multi-million dollar open and shut case. I drop it. My attorneys pleaded like me, do not do this. Do not do this. You cannot trust this company. And well, what do you want me to do? I get the chance. This is everything I've worked for. I, I'm put in this situation. This is my opportunity. Maybe they will trust me even more literally doing this for them. Wasn't the case. The moment that the statute of limitations ran up, which was like it was like a, a month later, it was we we had it till the very end, the time that we had. That's when they started toying with me, and that's where the creative stuff started happening. Where a lot of people were scratching their heads. It had nothing to do with what was going on actually out there. It was all from these incidents. I, I firmly believe, and now it was, and that, and there was, I was, I wasn't going to be in that inner circle ever because of that. So, and I knew then, and, and I knew this as this was going on, and then it turned into, well, I need to make as much money as I can because I don't know how long I'm going to be able to wrestle with this ankle injury. Like it was, it was, I was never supposed to come back. Three doctors told me I would never wrestle again. 
which is that is in itself was a tremendous, you know, thing for me to come back from. And then unfortunately, you know, with the back injury, the perineal nerve runs directly into the L4, L5, which were the first two discs in my back that got started getting um, worn out really, really quickly. Again, now the certain moves I was doing, the backpack stunner in particular was causing the compression on my disc. Um, but it was at a rate that we should not have seen. Like that should have been something that maybe in my forties or fifties, I was in that not at 34 years old. And so, and part of that, it was because of the ankle and it's all connected. You know, the shoulder that was from the surgery before WWE was giving me cortisone in that, um, which ate away everything that caused all my shoulder problems. My shoulder just had scar tissue, which again, I wish I would have known what I know now about, you know, therapy and scar tissue removal and how that supported. And I, and it's something I can't just enough to athletes and people that scar tissue is our biggest hindrance range of motion and things. You can stretch all you want and do these all the other things. If you got scar tissue that is binding down the way the mechanics of the shoulder, the muscles are supposed to move, you must attack that and break that up first before you can start doing these other things. And that's what I've learned. And it surprises me a lot of people, even people that are far superior to me education-wise on, on, on the mechanics of the body, they, the scar tissue to me is the number one step, the first step, because you can do all the rehab exercises in the world. If you have scar tissue that is causing your shoulder to move different, you will always have inflammation in it because the shoulder is not moving properly. And that's something it took me years to learn this. But so those were the injuries anyways, to answer your question in a very long winded format here. Um, but the shoulder, it was definitely was part of it, but the, those were the, 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 the ankle into the back, which the back was, you know, I was told when I left WWE, when I walked out and, and again, the reason too, guys, and a lot of people think like creatively, it, yeah, I wasn't happy, but I always had the mindset. I always worked harder. You know, you look at, go back and look at me during the Rybaxel period. It's probably my body just kept improving when I was there. And I, a lot of people, if you ever watch them when they get de-pushed, they're usually let their physiques go. Not me. I got in better shape because I'm constant. I know what I'm working for and I don't let that affect my life and my pride <clears throat> with that. But it was, uh, you know, with the back people, like I said, they, they thought it was a creative thing in the contract and, and, and that was just a small part of it. I, I needed to go. My, I was in so much pain and I, I couldn't, my, I couldn't lie down on the trainer's table without my back going spazzing out. And they just kept giving me pain meds. And I'm like, I, I need MRIs. And I tried going to Hunter on um, multiple times. And I'm, I'm at the time I look back, I didn't communicate good enough, but I also, cause my pride was getting in the way because I didn't want to go to them and say like, I'm really, really fucked up. I need, I need to figure this out. I kept telling Hunter I was hurt and he doesn't, he didn't know what I meant. I go, I'm hurt. And I like, I kept trying to tell him while we were arguing about other things. And he's like, well, are you hurt or you're not hurt? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I didn't know what was wrong with me. And like, I was hoping somebody was, cause I didn't want to take myself out. Cause I didn't want to, you don't want to look like a pussy or anything. And so I just kept going, give me the drugs. I keep going. And uh, it was a really stressful situation because I was hoping somebody there would be like, let's get this guy MRIs. And then that would kind of give me a pass on, it wasn't me that took myself out. And if you're in the business, you know what I'm talking about. You just keep going because you, you don't want to ever look like I'm, well, I'm hurt unless it's absolutely like the injury happens in the ring and you can't go. You just keep going. It's just the way that it is. And uh, I was getting frustrated that I couldn't communicate that. 
in a clearer way. And so that's where it made it, you know, I knew I had to get out of there. And when I did, even then I didn't get MRIs right away. I was like, well, I'll let my body heal on its own, which it never did. It went the other way. It got way worse because then I didn't have them giving me the Toradol and cortisone anymore. And then the cortisone effects really kicked in the moment after I left, which would have happened there. My shoulder just got eaten away. Muscles atrophied instantly, nerve damage. Uh, the, all the cartilage was gone in my joint. I mean, all of it, just chaos. And, uh, and they told me when I left that my, when I finally went to, to multiple doctors, they, they told me the same thing. They go, you need a five disc fusion and a shoulder replacement at 34 years old. So it was the best decision I ever made to leave because that was what allowed me to realize, okay, I can't get that done because that's game over. Let's, let's look into stem cells and see if we can't regenerate the body over time. And, uh, which thank God we were able to regrow all five discs. I've had 16 stem cell procedures on my back and shoulder and one of my, one of my nerves on my leg here as of recently. And I'm bioaccelerator. We just finished the paperwork. We can't speak highly enough about bioaccelerator, them bringing me down to Columbia and in Medellin, Columbia um, is where I really felt for the first time I'm going to be able to come back to wrestling uh, because this stuff has been years now of doing this over three years and the treatments over there are so much more powerful than everything else in the world. And man, whenever I see anybody that say like stem cell therapy, it's just literally supernatural. It's your body's own healing power, especially here using your own bone marrow. And over there, they're using the, the, the freshly grown umbilical cord stem cells that, and it's not from dead babies or anything like that. It's just allowing human, it's superhuman natural healing powers that is better than going for Again, a five-disc fusion and shoulder replacement. And here I am, nearly all better. Nearly all better. And it's taken a long time, but... And uh, and I still feel like I've kept... I, I feel better than I have even in my 20s. And I feel like my best years are ahead of me. But those were the the, the best injuries. And why things are the way that they are, that a lot of people don't, don't understand. I work morning to night, man. What do I enjoy doing in my spare work? I have so much fun is one of the things I want to talk about, which I'm going to do on this, uh, on this comment here. Yeah. Karate kid. YT says, what do you do? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? And, uh, I love the stuff that I do right now and building my brand and feed me more nutrition, social media and Ryback TV. And now doing even adding in video games and Twitch, like it's crazy. And, but using and learning about the, the power of branding, uh, and being an entrepreneur and making money morning to night through Feed Me More Nutrition. And everything I do is essentially a sales funnel. You know, even this show, this is a sales funnel for Feed Me More Nutrition. So it, like in Ryback TV, I, th this is one of the things I wanted to talk about and with you guys is there's, you know, and again, the feedback on, on Ryback TV is overwhelmingly positive. If you go look at the comments, it's nearly everybody very, very supportive and loving. Every once in a while, you'll get, Somebody that goes, man, this guy fell hard. This guy went from being a superstar to doing his own videos in his car. And I'll say, cool, if that's if that's how you view it, that's somebody that doesn't understand the game of life and what is actually going on. One doesn't understand my story either, but doesn't truly understand the power of social media and YouTube and the amount of money that actually generates on its own, not counting the sales funnel for Feed Me More Nutrition. Two, 
we all eat. We all eat food all the time. It actually takes work and effort to set up a camera, to record your food, and actually be able to be entertaining or have a conversation by yourself time and time and time again, and actually keep people coming back and growing. Very, very, that is not an easy thing that everyone can just all of a sudden say, I'm going to go do that. So you have these those people like that. And the point of that is, is there's always going to be haters out there and people that want to stop you from doing what you want to do. The key is, and this is always the thing, why this stuff will never, ever bother me or stop me. And I like to, I like to explain it to people is I know what I'm working for. I know what my end goal is. I know what I'm building. I've explained the sales funnels and, and everything. So if, you know, little Billy in Little Rock, Arkansas thinks that the big guy is a, a loser and fell hard for recording eating a, a vegan sandwich in his vehicle, you know, after a three-hour workout, okay, because what the, the game is, is what I'm building is event, is is a is wealth without doing anything essentially of through my business in which I say not doing anything. I mean, just at all times of the day, whereas, you know, we got orders coming in now while I'm doing this show, I'm working, right? That's, I, that's the same as if you go work for another person for eight hours, I'm doing my stuff and generating revenue through that. And they don't understand the power of that and how that is actually an unlimited thing. And that the more content I push out and the more I could build a connection with my fans and followers, it builds and it builds. And sometimes you don't see the results right away. And then in, in 10 years, in 10 years, all of a sudden, everyone's like, man, that guy's so lucky, man. But they didn't see the other nine, nine years of just killing yourself and growing and building and trying different things. And the point of this is, guys, if you want to do something, all you got to know, you just got to know why you're doing it. And you got to do it because people are going to try to take you away from that. They're going to try to talk you out of it. They're going to people make those comments to try to like maybe, man, maybe I shouldn't do this. Uh, maybe I am a loser. God, what are people going to think about me if you know? Oh, people are using my, the, you know, the, my Zoom video eating Ruffles chips, which was introducing me to a whole new audience. But now people are making memes out of that, which is getting me even more exposure from simply just doing something that was part of my business, anyways. Man, maybe I should stop all this because he because I don't I don't want people thinking that nobody would ever do anything great in life at that. So the key is you got to know what you want. I know what I'm working for. I know what I'm building for, and I know part how everything is figured in to that. Why? Because I do nothing but read and learn about business, and I've learned from some of the absolute best multimillionaires, guys approaching billionaire status. Some of them are already there. I've seen the game plan. And all I know, I understand it. And I go, well, I just got to execute that in my own way. So if little Billy and little rock wants to say that he could say that we're going to hide him. We're going to let him still watch my content. We're going to monetize his views. We're going to monitor. We're going to let him think that he's playing a part of this channel with his negativity, but nobody sees it outside of that quick that he got. And I keep working towards what I'm working towards. And that's what we're doing. So don't ever let anybody stop you from doing what you want to do, because I promise you there's an endless supply of them. Life is a bucket of crabs and they're always trying to pull you everyone back in. If you get out, then they link up and there's a big group of them that are trying to pull you back in. It's impossible if you know what you want and you know why you're doing what you're doing. And that's what I want you guys to understand. That's why I'm so big on empowering other people and the message of, of love and positivity. 
I will not taking any bullshit from anybody. I believe that is truly the best way to be because I believe if you are too, if you don't know where to, to, to put your foot down, eventually it could have negative repercussions for you. And it, we've seen that in the history of time through some great people that they, that you got to be able to put your foot and stop the, the hate and negativity from, from others and things. But at the same time, you got to want to build and empower people and give them the, the blueprint because everything I've learned is from people passing on knowledge and me wanting to learn that knowledge. And that's what I want for you guys. I want to, I want to spark something in your brain. You're like, well, this guy's doing what he wants, man. I want to be able to, to do what I want. What do I want to do? I want you, I want to start getting your brains working and you guys, you know, man, I always, I love video games. I always wanted to be a video game, writer, but I don't know where to start. Well, maybe there's something I could say that can get that, that first step going where you got to, you got to figure out what you, what you want to do and how you're going to do it. You've always wanted to work out, but you just, you keep making excuses. You just literally start. You just start, start with 20 pushups a day. You start with one pushup a day. You start with one crunch with one Hindu squat. Well, I don't know how to do that. You can Google it now. You can do anything if you want it bad enough. And there's there's experts all over now. There's a lot of misinformation as well. But there's there's easy way to get the right information out there. <clears throat> Thank you guys all for joining me here on the Ryback Show Live. Uh, I actually got a new shaker bottle here. I'm not drinking out of my Feed Me More Nutrition shaker bottle. This is actually, we're improving. We're going to... Uh, to a thicker bottle on the next round. So I just got the sample and of course it's this sweet teal color. Um, but what I do is I test it out for, I do a three day test, the big guy's three day test. And I will use this shaker bottle over and over and over for three days to make sure it meets my specifications on what I want shaker bottle. And then we will have these being mass produced in the colors for Feed Me More Nutrition. And uh, those will be available probably by the end of the year. And uh, I got to get it. We, we got to order a lot of them. So what is my uh, great question here by Deceive? And guys, your super chats are always encouraged with the WWE Ryback trademark lawsuit. All super chats will be going to my attorney. <laughs> what is your opinion about MJF and AEW? I really like MJF. I'm entertained by him. And that's the whole point of wrestling. And I, sorry, I bounce a lot of here, guys, also on the thing. I got to be very careful for the people watching. I'm a big guy, and I, I have a habit of, of rocking all the time. And if I hit my hands on this desk, on and it, this is a thing, but it just, I got the laptop propped up on a laptop holder to get a better angle for the background. So I got to be careful. The camera, just like the big Chris Farley guy, fat man in a little coat. I just got to, I got to learn to control my energy a little better. Um, but I'm a big fan of, of everything he's doing and I'm very entertained by him and I appreciate how he stays in character, um, in a lot of the things that he does and he genuinely, you know, comes off as an asshole, which I think is the best thing ever. So big fan of MJF. Um, no, I do not hate Indian fans. I love all my fans. Phoenix Marie is doing very well. We are going to get her back on as a guest here eventually, very soon on this show. How did you... Little guy is missing, Sophie. Thank you very much. Yes. We're going to go... Uh, Ryback is in great shape. I didn't mean to pull that up, but thank you. I'm uh, looking at the comments here. I do want to also address... Uh, 
there was a question, how did I come up with the shell shock extreme, or not fat burner, the, the shell shock name for my finisher. And when I was coming back as Ryback, I had a lot of time to think about how, who I wanted Ryback to be um, and getting things that I wanted to eventually get over with the audience on um, that was um, in shell shock. I always was a big fan of the Ninja Turtles growing up. That was one of my favorite cartoons. And uh, it obviously the term shell shock from there, and I go shell shock. That's the perfect name for a finisher. Uh, and then I, I, it also means battle fatigue, like in war, going to war. And that to me, it was more so the meaning for it. It was one, it had a place in my heart as a kid and how I always loved that word. So I knew kids would be drawn to that word already because I was. Then obviously the real meaning, you know, with it, you know, with the battle fatigue and when you're going to war. And so for that in a wrestling format, that's the perfect name for a finisher, in my opinion, is and when your opponent, you leave them shell shocked. And, uh, and so that that was the psychology behind that. And in everything that I did, you know, I eventually would I, you know, the finish it. I was always a big fan of Razor Ramon when he before he'd call for the Razor's Edge. That was always the thing, you know, Austin, when he would flip a guy out before the stunner. I always felt you want to let that audience, the audience in. There's a great opportunity before you do a finishing move or to go for a finishing move to draw, allow the audience and an opportunity to be a part of the finish. And so that was where I initially said, finish him. And I go, well, I can't do that because that's Mortal Kombat. And I go, let's go to finish it just to make it, make it my own. Right. So that was, but that was the psychology behind that and wanting to come up where the crowd, every time I'll do it, the entire crowd will usually say, finish it with me on it. And it's because you're letting them in. It's a moment. And that's where character development and having personality, you got to know the right times and the right places um, because that stuff will actually always, uh, in my opinion, always outdo the flippity flips uh, that, that don't have meaning unless they do it in a spot that really has meaning. And, uh, and that's how you can, you can go out there and do basics exceptionally well and learn where to put your mannerisms in in character and actually have everything mean more and allow the audience to participate in the matches and into um, in the action of breaks sometimes. Looking at the questions here, guys, I also want to talk about, let's see if there's another good question here. We have a lot of comments today. I do got my Twitch going. I am Ryback Rules on Twitch for everybody listening. That guy with India really, really, really think I hate India. I do not hate India. I love India. It's, um, But with that, guys, I do want to talk about, um, <clears throat> we've already talked about it, then overcoming negativity and then just haters in general and for the things that you want to do in life. Don't stop. That's the best best piece of advice I can give you. I do want to address also, I saw Jim Cornette may is, and I don't know if he's being paid by WWE. Jim has met me, I think, once and was was really nice. So I don't understand sometimes. Uh, well, I do. I understand he, he does. He, he plays a character in a way, but he also doesn't. And I don't know if he's paid by WWE still because he's worked with them in the past on things. But he, he always, uh, when he, he can 
take a shot he likes to on things. And it's usually on an uneducated opinion over something that he's, it's not the correct information he's even responding to. But I just like guys like that, you got to just like, it, it can go back and forth forever. You know, there's going to come a point though where eventually, you know, if he's in the wrestling business and I'm going back, there's going to be a time where you're going to, you're going to meet the person you talk about. And I just think you got to be careful in life. And this isn't that like directed directly at Jim and that, but like there's for people online, you gotta, you gotta conduct yourself in a way that you're okay. That if you say something about somebody, you're okay when you see them in person. And you know, it's, it's a major problem we got going on with social media where people think they can say stuff. And then it's, you gotta be really careful in this day and age. The world is, is a dangerous place. And you say the wrong thing about the wrong person. And especially when you're making up lies and it's, it's, you gotta be careful. It, it's not, um, it's unnecessary. And I wish Jim has a great wrestling mind on a lot of things. And it sucks when like, and I don't, that's one thing with people too, you know, like, and I've heard, you know, he, he has, he, he goes off on everyone. Right. And that's fine. If he doesn't ever want it, like, but you gotta, yeah, I, I'm a better, a big believer in empowering people. It's like, well, if you really love wrestling so much, why don't you want to be a part of the business and help educate the younger generation and help pass on some of the old school psychology rather than making fun of everybody. And, and, you know, you, you little Jimmy was young once, right? Jim Cornette didn't understand the wrestling business to the level that he probably did in his prime or even still maybe does to a level today of, of certain things with the business, which I think he's, he's very good on certain things that he talks about. He's not good when he has the guy reading opinions and dirt sheet things that they don't fact check. And then he comes in and, and spouts off and, you know, and it, it, it there's a right way to do things in a, in a wrong way. And I just think, and it's just, he could be so much more beneficial to the business. And, but he, he likes to take personal attacks on people or what he thinks, you know, will be, will get listens and whether you're playing a character or not. I just think when you, when you cross the line on certain things, you gotta be, you know, there's just a, there's a way to do things in a, a right way and a wrong way. But I wish him the best because it's, it's a never-ending thing with the guy. And he likes to think, you know, if he thinks I'm, I'm very uneducated on the business, I would say, you know, I've been in the business my entire adult life and actually been able to do it, something he never could do. So I think that right there separates the two of us. I would rather listen to a guy who's actually capable, you know, of closing closing out main events on the biggest, biggest, biggest stage for a part of his career than you know, a guy that, that, that never could do it. <laughs> and that's just my opinion. And like I said, I think he has a good mind on certain things, but it would be better if he would, would want to empower the younger generation rather than, than take away from it. My opinion, but I love the fiend Bray Wyatt. He's one of my favorite people. I'm looking at, uh, Questions. Thank you very much. Always a lot of love and positivity from you guys in here, and I greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you could wrestle anybody, past or present, who would it be? And uh, man, there's so many guys out there right now that uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this question up next. The Kenny Omega and me, I think, would be. Uh, have a great, great chemistry together. Uh, I think Cody's on top of this game right now. I think there's big money uh, in in 
that being visited down the line. Obviously, Jericho, uh, I he's I'd put out you know on his uh, thirty years in the business, he's my favorite top guy that I worked with, and which is more so um, in the ring and also how he conducted himself, uh, passing on knowledge outside and wanting to truly genuinely help. I thought was uh, very appreciative of that, and and that's why I'm a fan of what he's doing. Um, today and helping give back to the business while still keeping himself on top, which is not easy to do. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of guys. If you look at the history of the business, how many guys have you seen actually, you know, Chris doesn't need to keep wrestling anymore either people. I don't think people, and this again, I'm just speculating, but I'm, I'm assuming based off of he's done well for himself with, with Fozzie and, and, you know, and books don't make a ton of money, but books can make money. But he's, he's written numerous bestsellers, great wrestling books, great books. That usually once guys and they uh, they get to the top of the business or they're there for a period, they get out, you know, or they, you know, Chris stays very active and keeps going. And he keeps finding ways to be entertaining. And he understands that working, you know, in you, you know when to give and know when to take that he, but you haven't seen like a lot of guys do that. You haven't never saw, you know, I've heard, seen people talk about like when Hogan went to WCW, like how they're doing this is entirely different. And Chris is, is, is smart enough to realize, and it's, it's, he's actually improving his legacy, what he's doing rather than he just went in and said, I'm only going to work with a select group of guys. I go over all the time and we're just, you know, he's, He's doing this in a very creative, good way while their roster is getting built up, which he's played a big part of that. And he single-handedly was the one signing Moxley too, coming over. But Chris, you know, had the longer legacy and, and Dean Moxley was much newer in the business as far as name value wise, even though I do believe he's, he's a big star and will continue to be. I think Chris put it all on the line doing, making that jump and it came at a perfect time. So it's, um, uh, and this is just looking in from someone who's been in the business his entire adult life and grew up liking it and watching it and loving it, and watching it. I think it's really, we're going to look back at this period many years from now and see just how valuable he truly, truly was to helping the future of the business evolve. And that's where I kind of talk about, you know, Cornette. And I always got to remember this too. And what I know now, and, you know, when I first got in, I, I didn't know anything what I know now near the level of what I do. And it takes time and it takes people learning the business and passing knowledge down and then going out there and actually applying it in your own way and learning and getting your own experience and finding a way to fine tune things, learning about the business, understanding different things. And the only way the young people can learn that is if people help them and in which AEW is in a situation of having a lot of new people there and there, but they have a lot of the right people there helping passing down the information. So. But that's why I was talking about, like, with guys, it's why I'll never, I'm always for the talent. And, like, I'll have things, of course, I don't like and things. But you also, I always got to remind myself, you know, there's a, a guy that's 22, 23, 24, 25, you know, there happened to get on TV at a, at a young age as far as that. Like, it's going to take time to learn the proper things that come with, not everyone learns them. And not everyone learns them at the same rate either. And then once it clicks, it clicks really <laughs> but it doesn't click for everyone all the time. But that's my thoughts on that.
I think we have another. Uh, Calvin Zhang says, I feel like you and Goldberg would have been a badass matchup. Absolutely. And I wanted it when I was there. And uh, and I was told by Hunter that I, I, I did not want to work him. And uh, that, that's just straight up fact. So I never pressed the issue. And it wasn't. I had all my other stuff going on creatively anyways, where it was uh, very frustrating on the start and stop and being kept at a high level, usually the majority of the time, but um, anytime getting momentum and having it taken away through creative was a really, really frustrating uh, process for me. Uh, I got my dedication. How did I get my dedication level to uh, its peak? I'm constantly improving that. And I, that's why I'm so obsessed with the feed me more and being hungry is it's, because we can either we we got this one life that we have here that we know of anyways, and we can sit back and distract ourselves and just just survive the day with no direction, or we can just figure out what do I want to do in life? Do I want to feel alive? I want to feel better. I want to. And what happens is when you learn about love and empowering people, and that the more you're able to give back, that feeling becomes very addicting. And I learned that here over the years and I keep learning it, which is why I give like a dollar of every sale to feeding the homeless here with Feed Me More Nutrition. And I want to give more and more. And I want to eventually be able to give uh, to an animal foundation for pets because I love dogs. I want to actually be able to build the a specialty, a new specialty center here in Vegas. Like I, it's one of my life goals uh, is building the world's largest dog facility with everything. Um, but Vegas, we need more here. And it's something... Um, when you realize that if you have goals and you start doing things that you enjoy and you could profit off of them um, and you have a what you believe to be a good mind and heart and you want to empower people and help people because you like that feeling and you're in control in a very positive, good way, it's like you just keep finding ways to keep being more and more dedicated because then you feel like you're letting – if you don't have that drive and desire – you're not you're not making the world a better place, and it's not about being famous online, famous on TV. Nothing, guys. I got news for you guys. That sh- that does not mean jack shit. None of it. None of that. Being famous, and Jim Carrey said it best. He said, "I wish everyone could experience being famous, so you could realize it's not like the purpose of life." It was something to that into that the, in that vein, and it couldn't be any truer. And that's why I get more satisfaction being myself and people liking me for me. Or if they want to hate me for being me rather than liking me or hating me for me playing, acting a fake part, even though there could be real, real elements and the energy is real, but it's all entertainment. It's just like a movie. You know, I would rather, though, people like me for me and actually helping you change your lives and have the dedication and the motivation to go what you want to go for. That to me is it's always more rewarding when I would do an appearance and somebody would come up to me after reading my book and say, I've lost 130 pounds and since I started just doing what you do. And I'm just like, Jesus. This person just changed their entire lives because I took a moment, I took the, the time to write a book. And there's been that time and time again, the supplements, the same thing. Your supplements solved this problem. I've never been able to sleep good. Your sleep aid, I sleep like a baby every night. Thank you so much. I don't know what I would do without it. Man, that's powerful stuff. And that's just because I'm being me which is a really cool thing. So and that's why I stress to you guys the power of 
of learning that life is energy and food is energy. And I'm always going to hammer this home to you guys because it's gonna, it needs to be hammered home. It took me a long time to learn this. But if we could fix our energy through the food that we consume by improving our diet and stop eating the shit all the time, we're going to see a drastic increase in our energy levels. What happens when we have more energy? We have more motivation. When you have high energy, it is damn near impossible not to do anything. Now you gotta now the now the issue comes that when you have that energy, now you just gotta figure out what you want. And you know, and you gotta you gotta remember, guys, don't compare yourself to others. And there are times if I look at things and I see guys that I like and I'm doing what they're doing, but they're, you know, they're making, you know, millions and millions of dollars and I'm doing the same thing. And I'm like, why well, don't I'm not making that right now on this? Like, should I stop? Am I not? Am I not doing it? No, I am doing it. I'm enjoying. I'm so happy, and that's how you get good at it. And that's how eventually. And that this is if you enjoy what you're doing and you're happy, which is a state of mind. Then eventually, all of a sudden, before you know it, you're in this position where that, like I said, people like that guy's lucky. Man, he got what a that guy. He doesn't deserve that. That that's awesome if you're getting that, and because everything because you put in the work for it, so. But fix your energy, fix your food, fix your energy, and then we can start fixing other things. So you got to you got to just break it down to the first step on that. But that's how I'm as dedicated as I am. And the more that I continue to improve and being vegan now, and I'm never going to stress to people like do what I do. I'm just telling you my experience in separating my micronutrients uh, and my minerals away from my caffeine. My energy levels have never been higher. My conditioning is getting higher and higher than it's ever been. Because my everything, my blood flow, everything is improving over time from improving my diet more and more. And it's learning. And I actually, I, I don't look at studies. I, I look at them, but I, I do things for myself to see if it's working or not. So, but that's too, you know, with Feed Me More Nutrition, why I'm so passionate about selling this stuff is because it works. It It's changed. It's such a huge part of my life. And again, I'm not selling Miracle, a miracle of that you could take something and then just sit around and, and you know not try it, it goes in conjunction with doing the work and stuff but you know if you do suffer from fatigue i'm always going to tell you you got to look at your diet first you know but the wake up unlimited energy that can tremendously add so much value to your life on helping you have the energy to do the things to get you started but you got to look at the diet at the end of the day and that but that's it just it, to me it, it's just dedication, man, it, it comes in stages and learning and you start building some momentum. You start seeing results. You see the direct impact it's making on people and you just makes you keep going. You know, I couldn't imagine when I started podcasting, if you told me you're going to podcast, you're going to start going every day. You're going to do, you're going to talk multiple times a day on multiple platforms. Well, what am I going to talk about? You know, at the time, you know, I don't, what am I going to, it's so easy now. There's always something to talk about. There's so much experience and things from reading and listening to audiobooks and, and learning from top people and, and having what I've gone through in trials and tribulations and helping empower other people through my words that I get great satisfaction out of. So that is where the dedication comes from. Sir, let's see. Your opinion on social media pressure, um, and I'm looking at that. I'm trying to think of what you mean by that. Now, 
Social media is so important. We're going to wrap up today's show with this, guys. Social media is the greatest thing in the world, and it also can be the worst thing in the world. It comes down to balance. And here's the thing that I've stressed time and time again. <laughs> we can elaborate more on this on, on tomorrow's show. You got to live in the real world. Social media is strictly, and if you have a business, and, and it, I have so much of my life is wrapped around in it, but I make sure that I'm constantly doing things in the real world and have real relationships. You have to build confidence, and the only way you do that is by living in the real world. Then social media is an outlet for entertainment and could be a nice little distraction, just as TV has been, as radio was, as movies are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, video games, but it has to be controlled. The problem is, is we have these glued to our hands the majority of the time. So what I'll tell you is make sure you do specific things in your day away from your phone to keep your brain positioned that you are, can do things without having your phone at all times. That has helped me tremendously. Examples of this are going for a walk with my dogs. I keep my phone on me in my pocket, shut off on, on, on silent. And I don't look at it and I, I keep it on or on vibrate. But I walk that I don't look at the entire time, 20, 30 minute walk. Um, I leave my phone inside or outside if I go do my cold tub, hot tub, or my hot tub pool uh, on the couch, outside, or inside on the table. I don't look at it that entire time. I go do those activities for like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, if I go upstairs to work, I oftentimes will leave my phone downstairs for a period of time, anywhere from 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour sometimes, just so I don't have the habit of looking at it because I'm working constantly and doing things. So I, I have a real bad habit where people are always trying to get a hold of me too. I need breaks. You know, if you go out on a date or you go meet with friends, don't look at your phone the entire time. Get what you need to get done before, plan to get what you need to get done after, Condition your brain to take breaks away from your phone because I promise you it's very powerful and it gives you some level of control. If you don't do that, it becomes very impulsive that you're going to constantly be on it. And we see it all the time with people. But social media is here to stay. We are advancing rapidly. If you watch, I highly recommend everybody watch the, the film Social Dilemma on Netflix. Very real issues going on in the world with advertising and things of the, the social media platforms with the, the, the limiting engagement to make people pay, to make them more billions of dollars. A lot of real, real issues we can go more in depth on on another show. But you need to take breaks. You need to get away from it. Live in the real world as much as possible. Use it as your entertainment in select times. But don't let it overtake real life and real relationships. The moment you do that, it's game over. Can you come back from it? But it's it, it's gonna it's a harder recovery. And it, this is in what the kids are being raised on. This it is a very real problem going on. And people also not understanding the facts from lies, not being able to distinguish. We have kids now growing up on this that think lies are truth. It's conditioned in their brain. They don't know the difference. So that's going to become a real problem. And we're already seeing it as people start getting older. So real world, real connections, 
try to keep love and empathy and in, in the thought of empowering other people um, in your head as much as possible because it takes practice and you'll be fine. We will be fine. I have to constantly do it. And sometimes, you know, it's really easy to see negativity and hate online and to carry that out and then think that that's how everybody is. Everybody's not like that. And even if everybody was like that, why are you going to let it, why are we going to let it ruin us individually? We have control over ourselves. So that's where I always like, if you keep in your head, everybody that I meet today, I want to feel better for meeting me. I have to tell myself this all the time because I get moments of rage and anger over things. And I, and I've always, and anger's done me very well in my life, but I've learned to control it more and more where, and I don't put up with shit. I hate, I, I, I don't put up with bullshit. And like, I'm the most respectful, loving human being. But if somebody does something to me, I don't put up with it. And I've had to learn though, for situations online, not to let that carry over into the real world in my interactions with people that if somebody comes up to me, not to just assume that they're a piece of shit, because then I'm, I'm putting that in my head and they'll probably do something to confirm that because I'll be looking for something to confirm that. Whereas if I just go into, I want to make everybody feel better for meeting me today. It changes your entire, entire mindset, your entire day of how you live your life. Because you're walking around in a positive state of mind with love in your heart, rather than letting anger carry over to everything else, if that makes sense. So. But social media, we, we can definitely go more in depth on that on another show. But guys, I thank you guys. We're going to wrap up today's show with that. We went a little long over the hour, but that's okay. And I uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, Ryback TV on YouTube and uh, Ryback Rules on Twitch. And check out Feed Me More Nutrition, guys, on feedmemore.com, my $4,000 cash giveaway. Discount code Halloween4000, feedmemore.com. Thank you very much for listening. You've just listened to The Ryback Show. Feed me more.